Happy Labor Day, everybody. Hope you're having a great Labor Day weekend. Is it really Labor Day? Is it really the end of the summer? No, it's not the end of the summer. We got at least a month left here in Southern California, right? I want to welcome everybody uh, here to our service here on Labor Day. I know there's probably a few people uh, online that are watching from who knows where, don't tell us where, but you know, we wish you were here, but maybe we wish we were where you are, if you're at the beach or the lake or wherever, uh, the river. But it's great to see all of you. We're in the middle of a series uh, called Regroup, and I'm glad that you're here today so that you can receive a, a message from, from God that I believe he wants to share with you uh, in particular. Okay, I'm not going to name any names, but, you know, it'll work. We've been going through this series. This is part three that we're going to do today. We've been going through this because we really want to renew our conviction about how important it is to be a part of a group. One of the things that we've talked about is one of the goals that we have as a church is this. We, we want to build a community of followers of Jesus that are in real relationships. And what does that mean? How can you have real relationships? It, it basically comes when you're in a circle versus a row. So let's say this together uh, if you would, with me. Circles are better than rows. One more time. Circles are better than rows. And see, this is where I believe today church world has got this all wrong. Because when people come to church, where, how do they meet? In rows. We're meeting in rows today, but this is not where we want to see the church. Where we want to see the church and every single member, including you, if you're a guest here today, we're really glad you're here but we want to see you in a group. See, because where we can see life happen is in a group when we're face-to-face -face versus shoulder-to-shoulder. Because -shoulder. one of the things that happens, and we talked about this the last couple of weeks, is rows don't know. Rows don't know what's going on. When you're looking forward, you can't tell what's going on in the person next to you's life. But when you're sitting across the group from them, you know if their marriage is, uh, you know if they're having trouble at home with their kids, or you know if one of your classmates, one of your fellow teen friends is going through a hard time because you can look in them in the eye and just see, I don't know, she's not quite there, he's not quite there. Let me go up and ask and see what's going on. We looked at this verse last week. It was our memory verse uh, that we, we decided to memorize, and this is a powerful verse that talks about this. And, and this is Solomon who said this, two are better than one but they because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls down and has no one to help them up. Our goal through this whole series is to make sure there's no one. There's no anyone here today that gets left out. Why? Because guess something, guess what's true about all of us? we all fall down. And what a tragedy it would be if you fell down and because you didn't take that initiative to be a part of a group, you couldn't get your help that you needed. Or if you're not a part of a group and somebody else falls down, you won't be there for them to help them get up. See, it works both ways. And, and this is, this is a tragedy that we don't want to see happen. And can I just be honest with you guys today? This is what's been happening in church too often, is that there have been some anyone's in church. 
And the reason is because they haven't been a part of a group, they fell down and nobody was there to pick them up. And they got sometimes a bad attitude and say, hey, I'm a part of a church, but there's not been anybody. And they fall into this category of anyone. And the truth of the matter is because they weren't plugged into a group, and it works both ways. You've got to be in a group, and you've also got to be giving in a group. See, because we don't want anybody in that situation. It's a disaster. Pity the one who falls down and no one's there. And so this is, this is something we looked at just last week. And remember the wall that we had? If you missed that, you need to be here. Or you need to go online and watch it because it was a tremendous work that we had to do to bring all those bricks back to Lowe's. <laughs> and I had to follow up with the lady, but she wasn't there to make sure she in group. Group life is what? Preventative. Preventative. See, we don't wait for something bad to happen then to get into group. You want to be in a group so that when things happen, you're ready for it. And you're going to have people around you. I, I see some students that are back from summer break and welcome back, but I want to just say you need to make sure you're in a group because somebody can see what I can't see. I know you're sharp, I know you're smart. You're very well educated. But here's the truth about all of us. We can't see ourselves. Parents, you can't see your parenting. But there's somebody close to you who can. And if you will give them permission, they're going to help you. And they're going to tell you what they see. College students, I know you're sharp and you've got, you know, almost a college degree. You're just a couple semesters short of that, that diploma that says you're intelligent. <laughs> right? Yeah. But if you got all the degrees, you still can't see what's going on in your life. And can I just, teenagers, can I go ahead and say it? You guys know a lot. You guys know a lot. You really do. See, because... Whatever's going on here, you know what's going on, okay? You know what's going on. But as much as you know about what's going on, guess what you don't know what's going on? With you. You can't see it. None of us can. That's why we need real friends who can help us because they can see it. And if you allow them, if you give them permission, they're going to tell you and they're going to help you out. Hey, you know, I'm seeing something. I'm not judging you, but I'm letting you know. And if you let me... But with God's help, we can help each other. So this is what we've been looking at. So I want to talk about today, you know, I think everybody's back in school, right? Except a couple of you guys in, in, in the campus ministry. Most everybody's back in school, right? So I thought in honor that everybody's back in school, I got my dry erase board out. Okay, you ready for class? Yeah. Students, are you ready for class? All the way in the back. Are you ready for class? Okay, welcome to class. 2016 fall, and you're going to get your education today. But we're going to go through this. I want us to talk about some ingredients, okay, because this whole reason why we're doing this series is because we want to make group life, what do we want to make it? We want to make it better. All right, you guys are going to have to bear with me because I'm kind of a slow writer here. I wish I could do it on the, on the typewriter, okay? So right here is what we want. We want to make group life, what? Better, all right? And so give me some ingredients that you would say, okay, audience participation, 
that make the ideal group, like the group you want to be a part of. Didn't you like those videos? I want to be a part of those groups because that doesn't look like my group. No offense, guys, you're in my group, all right? I, I love you, okay? But that group was awesome, right? I mean, they got the, they got the porch with the lights and the, everybody's, everybody's looking great and the refreshments are all around that newly remodeled kitchen island. Did you see that? Wow, refreshments. Okay, so tell me what would be the ideal group. Give it to me, Craig. What? Did you say great refreshments? I agree. Okay, great refreshments. Okay. All right, great refreshments. Anybody else? What? Life experience. Okay, I can, I can get that. Life experience. What? I can't hear you guys. I have to raise your hand because you're talking all at one time. Raise your hand and give it to me. Yes. Fun. Okay, I'm going to put that over here. Okay. You'll see why. Don't laugh. Okay, it's fun. See, for Miguel, and that's important to me, I want to go to a group that's fun. I don't want to go to a boring group. Yes. Committed. Okay, committed. Put that right over here too. All right, what else? Give me something else. Something else. Yes, Patty, give it to me. Clear expectations. Okay, man, we got some type A people here. Clear expectations. All right, what else? Give me a couple more. Laura. Consistency. Okay, that, does that fit into committed? Uh, yeah, I think that's kind of close. I got some suggestions for you guys. How about love and unity? Is that important? Uh, for me, that's important. That's the ideal, ideal, ideal. I can't write on the screen, but ideal love, love, okay, and unity, all right? We're unified. Even though we're different, we're still unified. Yes. Goals, okay, goals, all right? We got goals, everybody. Okay, relationships, friendships, okay, we got that. All right, so you get the picture, right? Okay, yeah, we're, we're working on that. All right, consistency, we got that. All right, here's the last one I want to put up here is what? Take it, take it. What's it say? Take it. All right, you see that? Take it personally, all right? That means I'm, not, I'm offended. I'm not offended, but this means a whole lot to me. What this word here, what this means is I'm vested. I'm vested. This group means a whole lot to me. That's what makes an ideal group. And when we say it, take it personally means it's personal to me. I saw some people this morning at 8.30 in the morning, and they looked at, their ch at your children. They haven't even arrived yet, but they have this attitude about your children. 
It's very important to them. That's why they got up earlier than you did, and they made sure that they were there on time early to make sure that they're ready for your children. That's cool, isn't it? Why do they do that? Why do Craig and Teresa Dickens do that? Why do Carlos and Nancy Racinos get here so early to do that? Because they take it personally. It's important to them. They're vested. Here's one of the dangers with group life. It's this. When members are meeting together, but they're not personally vested in anyone. Do we have anybody here that might fit that category this morning? Don't raise your hand. But you're here, but you're not really vested. You're not really vested. And it can happen to everybody. It can happen to every single one of us, including me. See, I could, every Sunday, I could come up here and just drop an egg on the stage. You know what that means? It's like, okay, he did his job. No extra effort, no, no, nothing. Just did what he needed to do. And you guys could tell right? I'm here, but I'm not really here. You're here, but are you really here? And as you look to the people next to you, okay, I want you to go ahead and decide. It's not a feeling. I want you to decide this is important. So turn to the person to your right, turn to the person to your left, and say, this is important to me. This is important to me. And we'll take it a step further. You are important to me. Go ahead and say it. You are important to me. See, guys, listen. Okay, just one time, just one time, just one time. It doesn't take that long. All right? This is what can happen in church life. The whole reason why we're going through this process of regroup. It's because people who get in a routine can get into that routine and do it over and over again, and they're not really vested. And they think that showing up is enough. But Jesus knows, and you know, and the whole group knows, because you can see the effects when people are not vested. Can't you? Can you tell when people are not vested? So this is a danger, and this is what we want to look out for. So today we're going to do one of my favorite, favorite family devotionals. I love to do this devotional with small children. But why do we need this devotional today? Because we need today, our family needs what we're going to talk about today. Because we're going to see a group of individuals that took it personally. And it goes back to Jesus' ministry. Jesus witnessed something that was astounding. It was amazing. He was blown away. And I believe it can serve as an example for us and the kind of groups we're going to form and the kind of groups we're going to be a part of. We're going to look at the Gospel of Mark. I love the Gospel of Mark because the Gospel of Mark is like the man's version. You know when a guy tells a story? He doesn't give you the details. He gets right to the point. I don't care what kind of clothes she was wearing, what color her shoes was. Just give me, this, give me the, the significant details. Get me to the point. And so Mark does that. Chapter 1, Jesus shows up, chooses his 12 guys. He says, let's go. He starts preaching. He starts healing. Got to the point, right? Chapter 2, 
This is what happened one day in Jesus' ministry in the city of Capernaum, a long, far away distance from Jerusalem. This is a remote area by the Sea of Galilee. It's interesting, Capernaum was Peter's hometown. This is where he was from. This is where he had his house. This is where Jesus spent a lot of time. In fact, scholars agree that Jesus would stay often at Peter's house. And one of the reasons that Peter might have had an attitude and denied Jesus three times is because he healed his mother-in-law on one occasion when he was staying at his house. That's a rumor. That's a rumor. All right, so let's get into the, pa- let's get into the passage. Are you guys ready? Okay, and I want to say this before we read this, this passage. You may have heard this story before. I want you to open your heart to listen to it today differently than you've heard it in the past. I've done this devotional many times, but I can tell you this, and I've read through the Bible many, many, many times over. I want it to fall fresh every day, and it has. It hits me in a different way, and it hits me in a time in my life, and hopefully, as we talk about groups, this can help you where you're at. All right, so let's get into it. Mark chapter 2, verse 1, he shares with us, a few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home, meaning that he was from that area, Galilee. They gathered in, su- they gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Scholars agree that this probably was Peter's house where Jesus would stay, and because Peter owned a boat, ran a business, it was a fairly larger house than normal. See, because people don't understand, Peter had a very lively income as a fisherman. You own a boat, you got, and so he had a, so what kind of house are we talking about? A little larger than normal, a house in Palestine. How many, th- how many people do you think could fit in a house in Palestine? 30, 40, max out, 50 people, not 100, 50 people maxed out. So I want you to imagine a room of a house, the main room, the grand room, 50 people in there, and it's packed, standing room only, and here's Jesus, and there's not even enough room for people in there, so they're starting to be at the doorways. They're starting to stand outside, and they're listening in just because they want to hear what Jesus has to say. They're listening in to Jesus. There's no room. Verse 3, some men came bringing him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Mark doesn't give us a lot of details. Four men carrying who? This man could not get to Jesus without help. Interesting thing about getting to know Jesus and coming into a relationship with Jesus, I don't know of anybody Maybe you do. I don't know of anybody that came close and built a relationship with Jesus by themselves. They needed a little help. Everybody needs a little help. An introduction, maybe like, hey, and maybe you're here today because you got a little help. It's not normal for you to come to church. And somebody said, hey, I'll take you to lunch if you come to church with me. Or I'll be your friend if you come to, if you come to church today. I won't disown you as my child if you come to church today. That's help. What do we know about these four individuals? 
as it pertains to this paralyzed man. They cared about him. These are amazing friends. We don't know if they're related, so we'll just say they're friends. This guy who's paralyzed has four amazing friends. Maybe it was on a Saturday or even worse, a Sunday on Labor Day. It was their weekend off holiday, and they said, you know what? I don't care if it's my day off. I don't care if it's the Labor Day weekend. I got to get my friend who's paralyzed. He can't do it by himself. I got to get him to Jesus. And their mentality is this. If, I, if we can get him to Jesus, something amazing is going to happen. Let me say it again. If we can get him to Jesus, something amazing is going to happen. Do you believe that? If I can just get someone close to Jesus, something amazing is going to happen. These are great friends. These are great friends. Let's keep on. Verse 4. Okay, question mark. Is this what it says? Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they looked at their friend and said, hey, buddy, make me next time. Is that what it says? But if it did, if it did say this, it's not what it says, but if it did say it, I understand. Do you understand? Say, hey, it's sold out. We can't get you to Jesus. There's no way in. The place is packed. There's no room. Sorry. What about next week? Can we, maybe we can ask Jesus after this is over and see what his schedule looks like, and we'll try to, we'll try to, maybe next month. He comes here regularly. We'll, we'll, right? I understand. I could understand that. Is that the kind of friends we're talking about? Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening above, an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it. Now, I got a couple questions for you. How did they get on the roof? How did they get on the roof? They figured it out. Did they have a ladder? Was there a stairwell going up the side? Well, if you know some Bible history that Palestinian houses, they have these stairwells. But still, how did they get him up there? Because it's a narrow stairwell on the outside of the house. How did they get him up there? And how did they open the roof? How did they do that? This is a guy's house. This is Peter's house. How did they open the roof? They had to remove tiles, okay? These squares of tile, they had to remove those. Then on, below that, there's, there's mud-like cement with branches, okay, crisscross, that would harden and form a very hard surface, surface that wasn't easy to get through. And they said, you know what? We got to get our friend to Jesus. I don't care if we have to climb. I don't care what we have to do. We have to get our friend to Jesus. That's all that's important. What does that say about our guys here? They took it personally. We will stop at nothing to get our friend to Jesus because he needs Jesus. They're digging through, and then they lowered the mat the man was lying on. Now, they had to, you know, 
teen ministry, guys, if you're having a devotional and you're doing this, you go, okay, let's, let's lower him. One. Jesus, can you catch him? One. Two. Did they do that? What did they have to do here? They had to bring ropes. They said, we are going. Now, I want you to understand, they found the place where Jesus was. They opened a hole, and, and I want you to imagine Jesus is there, and he looks up, and all of a sudden, the ceiling starts falling in, and he looks up, and there's this hole, and four guys' heads peep down through the hole. And what is Jesus thinking, seeing at this point? Jesus is seeing something amazing. He's seeing these, these guys, and, and as he's lowering, as they're lowering their paralyzed friend down through, there's eye contact. Jesus, the four guys, Jesus, and the paralyzed man. And I want you to see, I want you to imagine they lock eyes and the paralyzed man locks eyes with Jesus, a loving, caring Savior, ready to work in his favor. What an amazing event. Wow. All because these guys wouldn't stop at anything. They, see, they wanted to make their friend better and so they realized, we got to take this personally. And here's what it says, the very next verse. Jesus looked at the four guys, and look what it says. Let's say this together. When Jesus saw, say it with me again. When Jesus saw, normally when Jesus did miracles, it was about the person who got healed's faith, wasn't it? In this instant, whose faith is it about? These four guys form a group around the paralytic because the paralytic was paralyzed, unable to get to Jesus. He was down and out, and they put their faith in Jesus and put their faith that Jesus, if they can just get him to Jesus, it'll change everything. And Jesus saw their faith. This is the first time we see in Scripture group faith. It's not enough to have faith on your own. There are times in your life where you're going to need a group of people that are going to look at you in the eye and say, we believe your marriage can change. We believe your children can change. We believe your situation can change. We believe that God is on your side. Jesus saw that. And here's, Jesus was moved when he saw their faith. Here's what Jesus did. Jesus, Jesus was moved not by what they believed, but by what they did because of what they believed. See, a lot of people, they think faith is what you feel. I believe. No, no, no. Real faith is when you act upon what you believe. See, the whole scene is what blew Jesus away. I said, he's like, these guys are tearing Peter's house apart. Peter's aggravated. He's like, what are you guys doing? This is my house. This is where I live. We'll fix it, Peter. We promise. This is more important right now. 
They believed, and then they acted upon it. Jesus was moved by this. Jesus was moved by their love for their friend and their faith in the Son of God. See, his friends believed Jesus is going to make things right. This is powerful. What I'm trying to say to all of us here today, and even the, the, those of you who are online, is we need people around us who believe in the Son of God. And they believe in the Word of God to change things. And I want you to understand, I wouldn't be here where I am if it weren't for faithful friends who have helped me when I was paralyzed. See, because, you know, quadriplegics happen not just physically. It can happen emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and physically like we're talking about. Have you ever been, like, just paralyzed? You can't move. You're so discouraged, you, you can't get yourself up. Your situation's dire. It's desperate. Your relationship is not good. You're going through a hard time. See, I needed that. And Jesus responded to that. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. What's this say, Jesus saying this? What's the bigger problem? His paralyzed state or his lack of forgiveness that's separating him from God? Let me tell you what your greatest problem is, whether you like it or not. Your greatest problem is your relationship with God. Your greatest solution is your relationship with God. What fixes that? Forgiveness. Forgiveness that he offers you. He offers me. See, Jesus had to address the most important thing. I know you can't walk. I know you can't move. You've maybe spent your whole life on a mat. But your greatest problem is your sins have not been forgiven. Can I ask you a question here today if you're a guest? Have you gotten your sins forgiven? Are you sure? And if you're not sure, we, we can help you. And not because we have all the answers, but here are the answers in the Scriptures. See, we can show you what Jesus said, what the apostles said for people like you, how to get your sins forgiven. Yes, and it takes faith. But you need a group of people around you to help you with that. And, and this is so powerful how Jesus puts the priority on it. And so here's the thing that these guys, because they took it personally, what did they do for the paralytic? They made them better. In our groups, we want to make them better, don't we? That's why we're doing this series. We're doing this series to make our groups better, and our groups have not been what they need to be. And so in the afternoon at 3 o'clock, we've got this whole back area that's full of people training how to do what? Make it better, to have great refreshments, a life experience, to have more life experience, clear expectations, goals. But what is all this if we don't have that? 
What, what if we don't have this attitude of, I care? Then it's not going to be fun. Who wants to be with somebody who doesn't care? Is that going to be fun? They don't really want to be there? They got a, sh- uh, you know, this face, schmug look on their face? Yeah, my wife made me come, made me come. She makes me come. Dude, how's it going to be better if, you, if it's not important to you? How's our campus ministry going to be better if it's not important to you? And this is where it comes from. Commitment comes from what? Because it's personal to you. Love and unity comes because it's personal. Friendships come because it's personal. This is my group. It means a lot to me. Here's the deal. The more personally you take your group and the people in it, the better you will make it. So can we be honest today? How much do you care? Teens, do you care about your teen ministry? You don't have to answer. I just want you to think about it. Do you really care? Are you here because your parents make you come? What do you really care about? Here's the problem with the next generation and with all of the generations. Who do we care about most? That's a huge problem. Because you can't take anything personally when it's all about you. Because there's, there's something in the way. When it's all about you, there's somebody in the way from relationships. You know why marriages don't work? Because you're in the way. She's in the way. Because you care about more about you than you care about the relationship. When you take it personally, you care more about the group. The four guys, the four guys cared more about their paralytic friend than they cared about how it would look to everybody, about Peter's house. They didn't care about anything except getting their paralyzed friend. It was reckless abandonment. So, okay, let's let's apply all of this. You ready? Let's apply all of this. I got to give you some action things, okay, that you're going to do. All right? This is important. September 25th, get in a group. Well, I'm not sure. Okay. Then it's never going to get better for you. And you have to make some choices. What I'm saying is you got to get in a group. And how important is getting in a group? It's huge. Yeah, but when I get in a group, people are complicated, and some people I don't like. You know what? They don't like you sometimes. <laughs> you're, you're not all that. Okay? I know you think you're great, and your parents think you're great. Most of your parents think you're great. Right? But the truth is, what makes a group awesome is when you say, hey, I, I, I believe in this and, and be a faithful friend in a group. It's not for you, although it is for you. It's not for you. See, we can't help people as a church unless we get a circle around them. I've tried, guys. I've tried. I've done this for a long time. I've tried to personally go to people's house and just me, just me, help them. Guess what? I run out of gas. See, because I can't go to all of your houses. 
I go to a lot of people's houses, but I can't go to everybody's house. So what do I try to do? I try to bring a group or I try to get a group around that person. I got a group around me. I need a group. And I have three groups around me. That's how important it is. But you've got to be a faithful friend who takes it personally. Group life is important to me. And then number, number three is be vulnerable with your group. A group is a place, a safe place where you can be real. I'm hurting. I had a bad day. I had a great day. I'm doing awesome. I'm not doing that well. Being vulnerable means I can get open about what's really going on before it gets to a place where I can't control it anymore, before it unravels into a complete disaster. See, group life is where you deal with things on the prevention level early before it's a disaster. And you and I know plenty of people. And then the last thing we talked about is take it, take it personally. Take it personally. It's so, so important. Let's finish this story. So let me ask you a question. What's more difficult, carry the mat for others or let others carry your mat? What's more difficult? I'm hearing mumbles. What's more difficult? I'm sorry? It depends on the person, doesn't it? See, because some of us, some of us, are you there, some of us? Some of us. We like to carry mats for others, don't we? We feel like we were put on this planet to carry the load for other people. But when it comes to letting other people carry our stuff, no, 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 no. I don't do that. You know who's guilty of that? I am. I think that I was put on this earth to help other people. And that's a lot of what I do. I, I want to help people. I'm very motivated to help people. I want to help people. Amen. But guess what? It's hard for me to do. Let other people carry me. And I'm like, dude, get off of me. Don't try to carry me. I'm good. I got this. No. You got to let go. Let people carry you. But some of you, you've let people carry you everywhere. Okay? Yeah, right? Where, where's that mat? Where's that mat? Let me, let me lay down on the mat. Hey, come on over. Hey, I'm ready to go. Let's go. It's time to go. Can you carry me? Now, I understand, listen, there are people in certain physical conditions that they cannot do it themselves. And that's why we take group to them. There are sick and shut-in people in our church. They cannot make it to church. That's why we have the online thing. And we go to their house because they're sick. And sometimes we have to deliver them to the Lord. We got situations going on in the church right now in the Latin ministry. There's a brother who has terminal cancer and the doctors have said, we can't do anything. We got to put a group around him, them, the family. It's so important. But some of you, 
you're, you're letting people carry you around when you need to get up off, off your mat. Jesus has already told you, get up off your mat and you start helping other people. You have a victim mentality. You need to serve. You need to give. You need to see yourself as the one carrying the mat. You can do this. See, but what, what keeps you from caring and helping other people is because you're not willing to accept responsibility and make the changes that you need to. Your marriage is consistently hemorrhaging because you won't repent. Repent means change. Repent means stop blaming other people for what you're doing. I see this a lot in married life, family life. It's her fault. No, no, no. It's his fault. And here we go. Here we go. It's a vortex. And guess where that vortex is going? And guess who it's bringing down with them? See, the four friends lifted the paralytic up. The paralytic did not bring them down. So if you're in this category, and let me just say this about our elders. God bless them, Dave and Joe. They were so much like this, where they said, we are here as elders to carry mats for others. And I said, time out, guys. Who's going to carry you? And I said, you guys got to get in group, remember? And I checked this out. I talked to them before. They know it's coming. I said, you guys got to get in group. Why? Why do they have to be in group? See, because they were going around to help other people, going around, going around, going around, and I could just tell that's not the way God wants it. God wants everybody. I don't care if you're a, the minister or if you're the, the shepherd, the pastor, the, the elder. You've got to be in group. Why do you got to be in group? Because there's times in your life where you've got to let other people carry you, and if you're in a group with them, you need to make sure you're in that group with them to help them. Oh, I get to be with Joe and Sandy. I get to be with Dave and Shirley. Come on, help carry me. We and we we walk up to them. We walk up to them, and we tell them, "Hey, Joe, Dave, I gotta get with you. I gotta get with you. I gotta tell you my problems. I need your advice. I need your help." Let me ask you: When's the last time you went up to them and you asked them, "What can I do for you?" Really. <laughs> Students, when's the last time you went up to Dave and Patty and said, what can I do for you? You know where I'm going. <laughs> right? When are you going to ask Mike and Ayumi and, 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 and Ralph and Lucy and, and now, you know, we've got new teen leaders and Lauren and Jeremiah. When are you going to go up to them and say, hey, better yet, better yet. This is Labor Day. I got a great idea for you guys. When's the last time that you went to your parents and say, Mom, hey, Dad, what can I do for you? Hey, what can I carry for you? Hey, Mom, can we talk? I don't want to tell you what's wrong with me and what. I, can you tell me what's going on with you? What can I carry for you? 
How can I help you? Singles, students, everybody. What if we took it upon ourselves to carry each other's burdens, to carry each other, to lift each other up? This is what Jesus intended. So what's harder for you? Do the opposite. Make sure you're there for everybody else. All right, let's finish the story, and then we're going to close out because it's time. Now, some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, who does, this fellow talk like, who, does this, who does this fellow talk like that? Why does he talk like that? Sorry. <laughs> He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? It's a good question. Which is easier to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and take your mat and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Jesus has the authority to forgive us of our sins. When you take communion today, Jesus has the authority. You don't need to ask anybody else. You don't need anybody to pray for you, to pray over you. I need forgiveness. Then you ask Jesus, and Jesus has the authority to wipe it out. Wow. I want to get close to Jesus. See, these guys had a problem with Jesus because they were vying for position. But they had, they had a lot of problems themselves. All they had to do was get open. So he said to the man, I love this, just, just imagine this. Put it in your head. He said to the man, I tell you, get up and take your mat and go home. He got up and took his mat and walked out in full view. I mean, they parted the, the house. They, everybody is like... The sea had parted, and he walks through the middle. And I mean, he was walking. And look at what it said. It says, he walked in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. Never saw four people care so much for their friend to make sure that nothing stopped them from getting to Jesus. And Jesus fixed his life. Now, I want you to imagine, when this guy went home, what was that like? Wow. What do you think he did when he got home? Do you think, hey, hey, can you bring me some... Can you bring me some lunch? What do you think he did having been served his whole life? What do you think he did when he got the power to serve others? What do you think he did? Oh, man. You know what I believe? You know what I believe? I believe the paralytic took over the, the small group of the four guys. He said, you guys carried me. Now I'm going to carry you. I'm leading this group from now on. I'm going to organize this group. What can I do for you guys? And that's what leaders do. And why do leaders lead? Because leaders have been forgiven. Leaders were paralyzed and they were set free. Guess why I lead? I lead because I was him. 
Jesus set me free. And that's why I go, what can I do, God? You know why you don't want to lead? You don't know why you want to serve? Because you're still paralyzed. And Jesus today wants to set you free. And you can let a group of people get around you and help you get free if you will listen to them. We've never seen anything like this. Guys, what would it look like to have a church of people who care for each other like this? What would the teen ministry look like if they had groups of teens that cared that much for each other? What would the campus ministry look like? What would the sample, the singles ministry look like? What would families look like? We've never seen anything like this. I've seen a lot of churches. They don't impress me very much. But I've not seen a lot of that. And what makes it special? Right there. Took it personally. All right, so bear with me. Let me show you something. Got my marker. Okay? So this, okay, making it better is really important. Taking it personally is really important. But you know what's really important? You still with me? Take it personally to make it better. You see, let me try to help you guys understand this. I hope I can do this right. What do we have here? Do you see it? Can you see it? That's a chain. And you know what the link to this chain is? It's you and it's me. If you and I will take it personally, then we will, you and me, will make it better. That's group life. And then we don't have to worry about all this. Oh, yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be all that. Oh, it's going to be messy. It's going to be messy. Because when you get involved in people's lives, it's messy. But then you get life experience. Oh, the refreshments are awesome. <laughs> Why? Because people take it personally and they say, man, I'm going to bring some awesome refreshments because these are my faithful friends and I care about them. I'm gonna bring, I'm gonna bring some Filipino food because my 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 friend Miguel, Michael Agabao, he loves Filipino food, so I'm gonna get some, I'm gonna get some. You know what I'm saying? And so this this is what it's like. Okay, we gotta wrap it up. This is Jesus. Luke chapter 23, verse 34. He said to them, as he's dying, he's dying. Father, forgive them. Or they don't know what they're doing. 
And they divided up. I mean, just think about this. He's dying, and they're already dividing up his clothes. They can't wait till he's dead. But Jesus died. Jesus is thinking about who Jesus did this, did this for what reason? Jesus took it personally. He took it personally so what? He could make it better for all of us. Jesus went through this so that you and I could have this. What will you do to make it better for somebody else? And trust me, when you're living for something greater than yourself, that's what makes life worth living. If you're living from your, for yourself, why do you think so many people are struggling with depression, suicide, and all kinds of crazy addictions? There's a hole, a gaping hole in their, in their soul. They're, not, they're, not, they're just living for themselves. It's all about them. But when you get in a group, and guess what? You walk out there and you see somebody on the street and you say, hey, can I tell you about Jesus? What he's done for me? Want to come to my group and see what Jesus has done for us? I got invited to one of those groups 31 years ago. Man, that was an awesome group. Never forget the faces in that group. They were the only ones at my baptism. My group. Not the church. My group. I will forever be indebted to those faithful friends because they launched it. See, they took it personally to make me better. So today I want to invite you. I want to invite you to take it personally and to have some really great conversations. What do you got to do? On the back of your newsletter, I'm going to show it to you later, but there's some nice little questions or homework on there. This is what faithful friends do. Don't look at it now because we're going to pray for the communion. Okay, so just set it down. Set it down. Set it down. Okay, we're going to pray, and then I'll walk you through it. All right, you ready? Let's pray for the communion. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you so much that Jesus took us personally. God, what can we do to repay you? Thank you that people picked us up when we were lying flat on our back. And they continue to help us when we're weak. God, I beg you in the name of Jesus, forgive us for our sins. Forgive us, God, for the times that we focus too much on ourselves and, and we allow the routine and the ritual to take over. We beg you, God, today that you give us a new start and fill our hearts with love and appreciation for Jesus, first and foremost. God, we love you. Thank you. Right now, we want to lift up Jesus. His death, his burial, his resurrection is on the cross as we take the communion. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.